first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAfighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of What the Heck on MMAfighting.com. My name is Mike Heck. Thank you so much for having us on. This is a little more of a condensed edition of the show this week because there's just so much going on in the world of MMA, but by the time... This drops. We will have had two fight cards over the past five days on Fight Island with another one coming up on Saturday. So there's no way we could do like five, six, or seven guests this week. Want to make sure that we're all fresh and ready to go for all the coverage going on this week on MMA Fighting. And with that, big shout out to our guy, the Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz, waving that MMA Fighting flag proudly in Abu Dhabi. Just, just killing the game. On Fight Island. As you guys know by now, UFC 251 is in the books. A lot happened on Saturday night. To christen the island, Piotr Jan is the new UFC Bantamweight champion. What a performance over Jose Aldo. Alexander Volkanovsky and Kamara Usman retained their titles with decision wins over Max Holloway and Jorge Mazadal, respectively. And there was a bit of controversy and negativity surrounding the main and the co-main events. And we talk about that in depth on between the links so head back into the archives check that out get the reactions from mostly james lynch and alex Kaylee, but i get a little fired up in there as well but this week we got four guests one had his eyes glued to the main event of ufc 251 so let's run down the lineup kind of a, a different show some caveats if you will which i'll get to momentarily so rounding out the show is rob font the number 10 ranked bantamweight in the world a lot of people have been asking me over the last month or two where's rob font well we caught up with him he was on fight island as he was cornering calvin cater at ufc on espn 13 caught him in the middle of his abu dhabi quarantine we did talk about the cater versus ega fight but obviously that happened last night as you're seeing and listening to this so it's somewhat outdated but he gives an update on an injury he suffered in his victory over ricky simone his recovery when he'd like to return and more that's that that's where most of the conversation goes so you'll hear from one of the members of the new england cartel later on in the show speaking of the bantamweight division we're going to check in with the newest member of that division john castaneda he's going to make his ufc debut on july 25th he's replacing umar namagamadoff to face nathaniel wood in abu dhabi this guy honestly should have gotten the call to the ufc a few years ago but as you'll hear in this conversation he probably wasn't in the right place mentally for that call, but he seems quite ready now, and that should be a crazy fight next Saturday night on Fight Island. You'll hear that chat with the former Kombachi America's Bantamweight champion, John Sexy Mexi Castaneda, coming up later on in the program. This past Friday morning, I got to catch up with Devante Smith, one of the bright 
up and coming talents at 155 pounds. He is on the comeback trail as well, like Rob Font, but he had a crazy 2019 with ups and downs in the cage. He had that knockout loss to Kama Worthy and arguably the biggest upset of the year. And then a few months after that, he tore his Achilles tendon, he had surgery, and slowly but surely, he's been getting better. And as you guys probably know by now, just sad, sad news. Devante's 23-year-old sister, Darian Smith, was caught in a, in, in a crossfire in downtown Columbus, Ohio, early Saturday morning, and was unfortunately killed in the incident. And this happened around 18 or so hours after my conversation with Devontae Smith happened. Just so, so sad. My heart breaks for Devontae and his family right now. There is a GoFundMe set up for the family to help with funeral costs, support for Darian Smith's two children that she left behind, ages six and two. Oh man, as a parent myself, it, I can't even, can't even imagine that. But we're, we're gonna share that link a little bit later on if you wanna help out. I was speaking with Devontae's team about everything on Tuesday morning. It's just, just so heartbreaking, but they uh, they did want to move forward and release the interview. So I, I just want to preface, just in case you saw Devonte's name on the lineup, and maybe you thought a reaction to what happened on Saturday was was going to be a part of the conversation. You're not going to get that here, but it is a great conversation nonetheless about his recovery, self reflection, what this layoff has taught him, and and talk about a guy who's about to turn 27 at the end of the month, how much growing up and adversities had to overcome over the last year especially with what just happened on saturday it's pretty staggering so you're going to hear that interview with Devonte smith in around 25 to 30 minutes from right now but to kick things off this week we're going to talk to a man who had a lot riding on saturday night's main event at ufc 251 why because he was supposed to get the title shot originally gilbert burns he had the positive covid19 test almost two weeks ago at this point he was forced out of the fight Jorge Mazadal steps in, and we're going to talk all about it. The fight, the aftermath, and much more. Let's get to our opening interview on What the Heck This Week with the number one ranked welterweight in the world, Gilbert Dorino Burns. All right, we got Gilbert Burns back on the show, the number one ranked welterweight contender in the world. And I don't like to make a lot of assumptions with this here platform, but I would assume that the result of Saturday night's UFC 251 main event between Kamara Usman and Jorge Mazadal made him pretty happy in terms of his road to the welterweight title. Gilbert, welcome back. How are you, sir? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing, I'm almost 100%. But yeah, I was, I was very happy with the, with the results of the fight, yeah, couldn't couldn't go any better. I knew I knew the fight was going that way, a little boring, but I had Kamaru winning by decision. So physically, you're feeling much better. I mean, I I I think everybody thinks that they've had COVID at one point. I think I thought I had it like several months ago, but who the hell knows? You've actually experienced yeah. it, and you know that you've had it. So, yeah. how how would you say you feel now compared to maybe a week or nine days or, or ago? I'm feeling a lot better than I was feeling a couple of weeks ago, especially after Saturday. I think Saturday starts feeling better. Uh, I don't have more headaches, but I, I still feel that my body is a little weak. I'm still recovering. I'm not 100%. I talked to my doctor and uh, my nutritionist, my my, my physical, all, all my team, they asked me to get two more weeks slowly. I mean, this week and next week, still like 
try to recover because at the at the end of the day, I did three camps and it was still in July. I did two fights, but I had three training camps, hard training camps. So yeah, I need to get a, a little recovery, you know, just come back slowly. But not a hundred percent. Let's say eighty, eighty percent, eighty-five percent getting better. What is taking all this time off and recovering like for you? Because you're such an active guy and you never like to take breaks. So now you kind of are forced to take one. What is that like for you? Uh, like you said, I don't like it. I, I, I'm, I'm being crazy. I waited. I talked to my manager. We had a plan, but yeah, I need, I think I needed my body need, my family need. I need to, you know, my, my family went to three training camps with me. Uh, maybe I think the end of the fight with them in mind, that was when all pandemic start. So they got a little bit on that. They no school for the kids, staying at home, doing the, the, the training for, for Tyron Woolley. Then after that, uh, the training camp for, look, I got a guy right here. <laughs> the training camp for, for tomorrow. And if you think about the last two training camps, I was training for five five minute rounds, so that was a tough one. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna enjoy those two more weeks, you know, like taking a good time with the kids. We went to the pool a little bit today. I'm gonna get retested this week, see if I'm free. But I think I will be. But I'm gonna enjoy a little bit more with the family before I come back to the gym, you know. That's good. Finding a, a silver lining in a pretty unfortunate yeah. situation. But how did how did you find out that news, if you don't mind me asking? Because it seems like you were getting ready to head to Vegas for your first quarantine, and then the news comes out. What was kind of going on when you got the news that you were positive and that you weren't going to be able to fight for the belt at UFC 251? Yeah, it was devastating. It was hard. So uh, I, I had a strong headache on a Wednesday, and uh, but through the week. I was feeling good. I even did did a test on Monday, on that one, the following week. So Monday I did a test, came back negative. I, I was with a big headache, and I, I'm not gonna lie. But I, I on my mind it was because of the sparring that I had. I said, man, I spar so hard, that freaking headache. But I mean, it is what it is. Say I'm gonna be good in a couple of days. Did a test, came back negative. So we went to Vegas. And we were there Wednesday. That was a long trip. Vegas, wake up early, go to the airport. I say, I'm just going to chill today. I'm good on the way. Well, to wait, it's an easy wake up for me. So we trained Thursday morning. And then all the coach was still all good. So we went to sleep. I woke up with a with a phone call from uh, Hunter Campbell. And then he was the one that gave me the notice. Hey, you test positive. So... You and Wagner, Russia. So we're going to wait a little bit. We're going to make another test and we go from there. You know, don't, we, I'm not going to take no decisions now. And then I was devastated right there. You know, when they give me the notice, I was like, wow. And uh, they came to the room. I couldn't leave the room. They did, they retest me and they came back positive again. And then in the meantime, the results of my other coach, Greg Jones, came positive as well. Just my brother that was in the room with me, he 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 tested negative. He came back to Florida. He retested, get negative again. That thing is just crazy. He was in the room with me. We were playing. We saw a couple couple jujitsu techniques, and then we talk about it. And I said, "Yeah, I think you can hit them tomorrow." He said, "Yeah, let's drill a little bit with Drew." So he wasn't in 
contact with me, and then he was negative, and uh, and that was devastating. The UFC wants me to stay in Vegas for two weeks, quarantine in there, and I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm going home. You know, they don't want me to go home, and then I said, look, I'm I'm just have a strong headache. But I got two coaches right here, Wagner Russia and Greg Jones. They will live anyways. They're not going to stay here. We couldn't fly back. And I had one of the, my coaches that he was there for the previous UFC, and he tested positive too, Cami Berzini. So UFC gave us a car, and then we got back driving. And that road trip was, wow. I, I, I don't even have words for that. But we drove from Vegas all the way to Florida. If you had no stops, that was 38 hours, 37 hours. But we stopped multiple times just to put gas in to get food. So it was a hard travel. It was a hard one to swallow. But I'm a believer. I believe God had have, have a good plan for me. Like they, I just spoke with Dana White on this last Sunday, and then he said I'm next. He wants to see that fight burns against uh, Usman. That's the next fight. And... Uh, I think it was for the best. I wasn't feeling good, and that was the only reason they took that that title fight from me. And I'm next right now, so right now I'm just thinking on the COVID. I don't. I, it's even hard when you ask that question. How was the feeling? It was tough, very tough. Well, I, I I think the one of the cool things about this whole situation, even though it's rough, is that I thought the way that you've handled everything was absolutely incredible. Like it really was. But you know, as you're watching the build up to this new fight and seeing the buzz going in with Mazadal being added to the fight, he's red hot. You know, how are you dealing with that? Because I think most people would say heading in that you're, the, you were the more competitive fight for Kamara Usman, but adding Mazadal, I guess, made it a, a bigger fight, a more box office draw kind of a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. I like it because otherwise we lost one main event. As a fan, for sure, I like it, that fight, you know. That was the first fight that they want to be in the first place. They want to make a match with Alvin Kamaru. I jump in on the opportunity. They don't want to take the fight. They didn't get a deal. They asked me, I said, for sure, I'm taking. But that was, as a fan, I was happy. I said, yeah, I, I like that fight, you know. But And it was good to see a lot of things that I think I can capitalize on that fight. But, yeah, I was happy. I said, man, why not? You know, I cannot fight. Why not these guys go there and, and, and fight? You know, as a fan, I like the fight. I kind of knew the fight would be boring. But as an MMA fan, for sure, I want to see Masvidal going with Kamaru. And it was a little fun. A couple couple minutes of the fight, the beginning was fun. A couple of fights, which I had fun watching that fight. Kind of going back to the beginning of the interview, Mazdal was was doing some media heading into the fight, and he said that if he had won the belt, he had this like short list of guys that he wanted to defend against. He mentioned Nate Diaz, and then he mentioned Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who was the last guy to defeat him ahead of Saturday night. You must have been like, please don't let Mazdal win this fight, right? Like, yes. come on. <laughs> yes, I was just like that. I was, man, that guy cannot win. And then I I, I believe that. Even with the both guys with the training camp for each other, I believe Kamaru will beat him. They got both guys eight weeks training camp. Kamaru can't be capable. That's why he does good, like against a striker. If you're just a striker, man, he's going to take you down. He's going to hold you down. He's going to beat you up. He's going to make you tired. That's just Kamaru. But, yeah, man, I was hoping Kamaru to win. I don't want no surprise. I don't want Maj Vidal to win. And, I have, and the sad thing is I have nothing against Maj Vidal. I don't, I don't have nothing against no one in that division. That couple of guys, a lot of guys that I want to fight, 
but personal, I even like the guy. The guy is so funny. I like Mas Vidal as a fan. I like the guy too. I'll pay to watch the guy too. But I have nothing against the guy. But for sure, I wouldn't come out to win. Otherwise, Nate Diaz will be jumping opportunity, and maybe one of Boy Thompson, whoever, and then. I don't know. I don't know that 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 will be messed up for the division. And now it is what it is. Now Kamara is going to take his time off. I'm taking a little time off. As soon as he says he's good, we're going there and we're going to fight for the title. Yeah, and, and I, I was kind of with you on how the fight played out. It's not me knocking Masvidal in any way. I just, you know, when they say styles make fights, this is kind of yeah. one of those examples. Like it played out pretty much the way I expected it to. <laughs> and, um, you know, as, as you're watching it all unfold, and watching Usman's pace continue to pick up and seeing Mazadal start to slow down a little bit. I mean, he took the fight on six days' notice. Were you surprised by anything that went down on Saturday night? Uh, not really. I, I like it the way uh, Mazadal started. He started very strong, hard body kicks. Kamaru was able to take him down, but didn't do much. Mazadal was able to get back on his feet. Uh, I think first round was very active. I liked the first round a lot. And then after that was just a little bit more domination from, from Kamar marching forward, you know, mixing things up. But yeah, I like I like a couple of things that I saw in that fight. I'm I did a lot of notes. I still wanna do more. I'm gonna watch that fight much multiple more times. But nothing surprising me. I think Kamaru did what he's supposed to do. I mean, it's no secret that you and Kamara are, are, have been teammates in the past. You've said on this yep. show in the past how helpful he was for the Maya fight in preparation yeah. for the Tyron Woodley fight since he had fought both those guys before. But he's been taking a little bit of a beating from fans for that performance. Like, what did you think of the, like his performance overall? And I guess, what have, more importantly, what have you made of the backlash that Kamara Usman has been receiving from the fans for that performance? Because at the end of the day, it's about winning fights and keeping the belt, sure. right? For sure, for sure. And sometimes you got to be entertaining like he was with Kobe. I like that fight a lot. That's one of the fights that I like to watch a lot when I'm studying. Uh, but come on, my style, it's, 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 the guy's dangerous. You know, he saw, we saw what he did with Devin T, what he did with Ben Askren, even the way he beat Nate Diaz, you know. So, yeah, he's dangerous. I think Kamal did what he's supposed to do. And... People just say, oh, that guy took a fight in six-day notice. But Kamaru, too. Kamaru was trying to fight me. And he was even... Uh, the fight was even canceled as Kamaru. I got the notice that was out of the fight on Friday. I think they just got the deal done on Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure. I think it was on Sunday. So he was off Friday night. Thinking about it, that guy coming on a crazy training camp on a tough diet. What are you going to do? They call you a... Hey, mate, you, you, you know, you, you're not fighting. Man, you're going to get a beer. You're going to go eat. You're going to relax. You're going to sleep late. You're not, you're not on that, you know, you, I don't know. You're not on that whole system to a fight. So you relax. Saturday, we eat whatever, and you kind of relax. You don't train. Then Sunday, day, hey, you're fighting. They say, wow, I just, I was just such in a good system. I just, you know, just messed up. I eat everything. Man, come on now. I got to train. So. People don't see that, but change. Kamaru took that fight since they noticed too. He was training for me, and he did what he's supposed to do, and he did great. I think he was one of the best fighters in the UFC right now. Very smart. Doesn't take a lot of damage, unnecessary damage, and I don't like the way the fans treat him because he's a, a nice guy. I like Kamaru as a person, a, a good, good friend, good father, and a great 
man, great teammate. I have no complaints. Like, he always gave me great routes when I have two good ideas. And I like the guy. It's hard to see a couple people going crazy on him, but it's the fight game, you know. I guess we cannot make everybody happy, you know. Yeah. It's for you because you sort of mentioned it. You had to sort of take the fighter aspect out of it and sort of watch it more as a fan. And I'm sure that Kamara's approach to fighting you was going to be much different than it was fighting yeah. Mazadal. But were you watching on Saturday night thinking, damn, I would have beaten this guy? Like, if I was in there tonight, I'd be the welterweight champion yeah. right now. I was very confident. I was looking. I'm like, wow. Look, I could do this right now. Okay, I could do this. Wow. And I was texting a couple of my guys that I have a lot of guys that help me with strategy, with the little things. And I was, we were back and forth texting like, wow, I, I could do this. What do you think about if I do this? What? And I was just having a lot of ideas in there. Yeah, I was very confident watch that fight. But again, that was my doubt. That was me. With me, he could do a lot of, I think he would get a different approach. But I think it will be kind of the same approach. Like he don't want to take me down because I'm going to make it he gonna waste a lot of energy to try to hold me down because I'm gonna be very offensive on my back. I think he'll he'll try to pull me more against the cage than really take me down to the floor. But I I love it. I just I just I just can't wait. I was just looking like wow, a lot of things that I can't do and that just and it will be excited. Another thing too, it's gonna to be exciting. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not going to let the guy hold me and don't do nothing. No, bro, I have my submission. I have, I can wrestle too. I, I'm going to do open hand slap. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to fight. I'm going to, I'm, I'm a fan too. I'm not going to, I hate boring fights too. I buy all, every single pay-per-view I buy. I watch, I want to see the fights. I watch all type of fights. I watch all UFC. I watch Bellator. I watch one championship. I watch all the grappling matches. I like it entertaining fights too don't man when i'm there <laughs> if you have to be ugly and dirty it will be but if i can't make entertaining i'm gonna make it so now we're in this like interesting place where we talk about what's next for uzman and i think 99 percent of people are in agreement that you should be the guy to fell to fight for the belt next and of course Leon Edwards is a name that gets thrown out a lot, and it kind of sucks for him because he was supposed to get the Woodley fight in March. It was canceled because of COVID, so he hasn't been able to fight in like a year or so. So I can early, certainly understand fans of Leon Edwards shouting from the rooftops yeah. that he deserves a title shot. His resume is certainly merited one. But listen, and you know this, timing is absolutely everything in this sport. You took an opportunity. You made the most of it, and now you're in this position. But this is your title shot, right? Like You are next in line to fight for the belt. There's no other discussion, right? I'm just fighting for the belt. Like I'm recovering right now. The champion is recovering. We're gonna fight soon. We're gonna we we're gonna fight soon. That's next. The boss already said that was the first time that he texted me and say I'm next. I say oh let's go and uh, but I got it, you know. But let's let's make it just one thing right here. My birthday is July 20. Right now it's coming up. Yeah. And it's going to be Leon Edwards' anniversary, too. That's one year without fighting. And come on, we're not going to blame it. One year, the pandemic. When the pandemic started? March. So what this guy was doing, July to March. You know, like, oh, it was the pandemic. Yeah, it was the pandemic. Yeah, for your for fight, for the wounded fight. But before that, you have so much time. So since his fight, I fought twice. Almost twice, but I fought, twice, I fought four times. 
since his fight, come on, bro. Like, I, I, okay, I agree. You got a fight, but and beat two of my guys. He beat Luke. That was 1999, I think, when they fought. That was so long ago. And then he fought RDA. That was on my birthday last year. After that, I fought four times, almost five, bro. Come on, you you cannot blame. Oh, that was the pandemic. No, bro. You he fight one or two a year, and I've been fighting. Okay, and the crazy thing that doesn't go through my mind is he was supposed to fight Woodley. Okay, I went there and I fought Woodley and I dominated the way I did. And then he gets a title shot <laughs> because I beat the guy that he's supposed to be. Come on. I make the effort. I make the work. He got the reward. Oh, come on, bro. That, that just, you guys, those guys are going crazy. So I'm next. And I agree. Leon Edward is on the conversation too. But like, just give my opponent back. Give his opponent back. He's supposed to fight Kamaru. Give him Kamaru. He's supposed to fight Woodley. Take Woodley or take Kobe or take. That three pieces in the soda back, you know. I think if I trick, man, come on, I'm from Brazil, I'm from Rio. I will take that three three pieces in the soda back, like 100%. I'll be for sure. Like, my main priority is to be the champion, but if I take that three piece, man, I, I, we need to fix that, you know. We gotta, we gotta finish that business first. I think everybody saw it on Twitter as well. There are some out there that have suggested that you should fight Leon Edwards in a number one contender fight. And you've clearly made that known that yeah. it should absolutely not be the case. No. And the only reason, like the only reason that would make any sense to me, Gilbert, is only because you are such an active guy. So yeah. like Kamara could be out to like November, December. So, yeah. you know, maybe you just get bored at waiting <laughs> and you would take that fight. But other than that, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, that was the discussion that I have with my manager, Ali Chu. He said, bro, don't go crazy. You're next. But I like, bro, but it takes so much. He said, no, relax. So, and what happened is, look, let, let, let's make it. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to throw numbers out there, nothing. But let, let's make it back in the days. Remember that, that big bag of coins? Even when you put money, that the emoji come up with a big bag of coin with a, with a big ass. So let's say if I fight with Kamaru, I'm gonna get like I'm gonna make like five, six bags of that money of a coin. Think about five to six bags of of coins. All right, and fight for the title. What I want, I want to be the champion. I want to be the best. Okay, if I fight Leo Edwards, I'm gonna make one <laughs> bag of coin. If I win, one more bag. So. I'm going to ask you, what do you think? You're going to wait and get the five, maybe six bags of coin? Or you're going to, okay, don't worry, I don't care. Give me one one bag if I want to get another one. What do you do? I'm taking the six bags of coins, plus I'm uh, enjoying the time off. But you're not sure. like, you're, you're typically not like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that. But the only thing, I did three training camps already, bro. That's true. That's the only thing that, and two of those training camps were for five rounds for was for five five minute rounds so i need some time off to just get the covid 19 so i need to rest a little bit if it wasn't for that yeah maybe i was fighting again but if i fight again for another five five minute rounds september let's say i i go crazy and i say yes i fight leon in september 
And then I do another beating Leon. Let's let's imagine. Okay, beating Leon, all good. Now I fight for the title. And then Kamara say I'm ready in November. So and then I gotta go to another fight camp for another five, five minute rounds, bro. I'm gonna be killing my body. I'm gonna be going crazy. So best best scenario for me right now is to rest, get time off for my maybe two or three more weeks off for my family, recovering my body. And then I'm back in training, and then when Kamaru's ready, I'm ready. We we fighting for the title. So do you think like this whole situation plus the build up to get to where you're at right now? Do you think it's gonna kind of, I don't say I don't want to say slow you down, but at least you'll be a little more intelligent with how you take fights. Like you're not gonna be the guy to be like, oh, one week's notice at 2:05, I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> like, does this change your approach a little bit? Wow. I'm I'm taking more conversation with my mentors, my coach, <laughs> and, and my management because I'm I'm that kind of guy. I'm this guy, you know. I love to compete. Uh, that's how I get better. Get better competing, fighting. But the main goal, the main priority, is to get the belt. Is to become a champion, and uh, making that for sure. Is I have big problem on my in front of me right now. That's Kamaru. Let's say I beat Kamaru. Let's just imagine I became a champion. Ah, I want to defend that belt so quick. <laughs> then I'm going to start going crazy. Then I'm going to defend that belt. Like John Jones said, he never made Oh, I'm going to defend three, four times. No, I'm going to. That's what I want to do. But man, the main goal right now is to get that belt, fight for the title, get that belt, and then we go from there. But I want to be very active. Like you guys saw, I don't... I. It's hard for me to take time off. I'm going to because I have to. My doctor said, my coach said, my management said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to rest. And you guys are going to see a great version of me as soon as I fight Kamara and we go from there. Have you spoken to Kamara since Saturday at all? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you plan on reaching out to him and, and saying congratulations, but uh, enjoy uh, it while you can because I'm coming? Yeah, it's it's gonna be a little weird, you know. If I feel like I would do it, I'm not, I'm going for the feeling. If I feel like I hit him up, I will. But I, I I'm congratulating him everywhere that I'm saying he did a great job. He's a great champion, and I think that, that's enough for right now. You know, we're about to fight. I want to be like, hey, you know, we're about to we're about to get in a cage fight. So you know, you don't want to be too friendly, respectful, yeah, no, but not right. too friendly. For that's sure. it's all about <laughs> yeah. right there, for sure. Yeah, that's um, stage right here. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? You just hanging out. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate the time, man. I'm going to let you hang out with your family. But before we let you go, uh, you know, what's the message to everybody as we await this this next move as you're taking time off? For all the fans, you know, maybe members of the media, for Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman, et cetera, what's yeah. the message for everybody as, as you're recovering and getting ready for your shot at the title? The message is the fight's going to be crazy. If you guys hyped up, Miles Vidal didn't have the results, I'm coming and I'm going to fight. As I'm going to give everything I have to get that title. It's going to be nice. It's going to be crazy. We know each other's game. For sure, we're going to try to make some adjusts, try to make, you know, some bring something new. But it's going to be a crazy fight. I cannot wait. I'm super excited. I'm more hungry than ever. I was doing all my goals going to the to the fight. I want to be 100%. I want to do a lot of things. And one of the questions is, how is my motivation going to the fight? And my motivation was 100%. 
But I don't know how, but I'm more motivated than ever to go to this fight. I'm going to be active on a, on a, on a social media, you know, shutting these guys up, try, you know, making a little funny trash talk, maybe get new memes. But yeah, you guys tune in. As soon as I fight Kamar, it's going to be a crazy fight, an amazing fight today. I'm confident I'll be the new champion and tune in. As soon as they give the day, you guys are going to tune in, going to see a crazy and amazing fight. You're the Mandarino. Means a lot. Thank you very much for the time. I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. You've handled yeah. this all absolutely tremendously, like you're already a champion. So thank you very much. All the best to you, sir. Look forward to seeing when that fight actually happens. I'm excited for it. Me too. Thank you, Mike. Always good to talk to you, brother. Take it easy. Always enjoy catching up with Gilbert Dorino Burns. Great stuff right there. He feels he's next. Dana White said he's next. Most agree that he's next. And he should be next, especially with Kamar Usman retaining the belt against Jorge Mazadal in the main event of UFC 251 on Saturday night. And Leon Edwards, unfortunately, as he's been for quite some time now, he is the odd man out of the title discussion. But you guys know me. I guess um, I don't think you know me like great at this point because I haven't been there that long. But I think you know me well enough to know that I'm a positive guy. I'm a silver lining searcher, if you will. So to find one for Leon Edwards, maybe a couple, he does have some options here. So Leon Edwards could take another fight with a contender in the division. And listen, regardless of who he fights, as long as it's someone ranked in like the top five or six, he's probably next in line with the win to fight for the belt against the winner of Usman versus Burns. The other option is he could just wait it out for the winner of Usman versus Burns. I don't love that option because, as you guys may have seen, Jorge Masvidal spoke with ESPN earlier this week and said that the one fight he really wants is the rematch with Usman, and that man has a lot of clout. That pay-per-view did bonkers numbers. Mike Coppinger of The Athletic reported that it did around 1.3 million buys on ESPN+, Plus, which is just ridiculous. So Masvidal, although that fight was one-sided... He took the fight on six days' notice. Wasn't really competitive, but he had his moments. You could sell that fight again more than likely just because Mazadal is a part of it. So if I'm Leon Edwards, I'm taking another fight. And listen, I, I know there are some people who suggested a number one contender fight between Burns and Edwards, and I understand the thought process there, as I, as I told Gilbert when we spoke, but you cannot pass Gilbert up for getting a title shot for his next fight. You just can't. 170 is, is very interesting right now. If they could pull this off, if they could somehow convince him to do it, I think Edwards versus Mazadal would be the no-brainer fight with their history. I just don't know if, if Gamebred is, is just too keen on that one. And it's not because he's scared to fight Leon Edwards. He just, when you're looking at it from like a box office perspective, maybe Leon Edwards isn't that big of a name or big of a draw. And I get that. I mean, he's trying to to make money and and cash in and and do all that stuff, but. I think that's the fight. I mean, you get the story there. You get the three-piece and a soda thing going on. Like, I don't understand why that fight, one, hasn't been made, or two, isn't even being discussed right now. And when you're Jorge Mazadal right now, you could fight anybody, and it would be a big fight. I think that's the fight. But if you want to do, like, a Edwards versus Wonderboy, I wouldn't hate that idea either. But there are talks of Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley fighting next month at one of those events in Las Vegas. That is not done. I don't even think it's... I would. I don't even think it's past like the 50-yard line at this point from all indications, but uh, at least as we record. But not many other options for Leon Edwards. So more on this 
definitely coming this developing story. So stay locked to MMAfighting.com for all that information. So right now, we're going to get to my chat with Devontae Smith. And like I said at the top of the show, around 18 or so hours after this conversation happened, Devontae's sister tragically lost her life following a dispute in downtown Columbus, Ohio. There were gunshots fired, and 23-year-old Darian Smith was caught in the crossfire. It's just a heart-wrenching story. There is a GoFundMe set up to help with the funeral costs to help out Darian's two children that she left behind, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. It's called In Loving Memory of Darian Smith, and Darian is spelled D-A-R-I-E-N-E. That's D-A-R-I-E-N-E. Hopefully we can get a graphic of the link here if you guys want to, if you have the means, if you you can donate a dollar, five dollars, whatever. You can also find the link on the story of this of this incident in mafighting.com. Such a sad story, but uh, we're going to air that chat that took place early Friday morning with Devante Smith right now. All right, we have UFC lightweight Devante Smith joining us right now, one of the bright up-and-comers at 155 pounds. We haven't seen him compete in around a year or so, but let's get an update on what's going on with Devante Smith. How are you, sir? I'm good. Enjoying uh, the quarantine, still recovering. Is that like a, a full boards full of uh, workouts for you? Is that what I'm seeing back there? Uh, work. No, just more so like to-do lists, uh, future plans, you know, uh, uh, brainstorming. There you go. So as as people watching this may or may not know, you and I spoke back in January when I was still on the freelance grind. And we talked about 2019 being an emotional roller coaster of a year for you. You had some ups, you had some downs, a lot of chaos in regards to opponent switches, the loss to Kama Worthy, and then to put the cherry on top of the old Sunday for you, Devante, you tore your Achilles tendon in November, which required surgery. So fair to say that 2019 was a huge year for growth and self-reflection for you? Yeah, oh yeah. Especially uh, uh, self-reflection, yeah. Big, 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 big th- uh, year of self-reflection. And what, uh, you know, what, some, what sorts of things have you been reflecting upon with, with all this extra time? Um, just, you know, just life in general, uh, obviously is, is this what I want to do? You know, because, uh, Achilles tear, that's something like you got to live with, you know what I'm saying? Like going forward, even after fighting and knowing the possibilities of, you know, pray to God that nothing else happened, but possibilities of other injuries coming up and, you know, uh, just, just self-reflection on just, you know, this is what I wanted to do since I was 14, you know, uh, and like I said, if I still want to do it, but I do, I do, you know, I do. But looking at the fights, uh, thinking about what did I do wrong? My, my last camp, what did I, what I, what could I have done right to, to, you know, ready, uh, eliminated certain stresses, you know, just certain, certain things, aspects of my life. So, you know, I, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more, you know, clear-minded. You know, it's just got to still do the recovery thing before I can, like, physically, you know, show what I can do. Did it get to a point for you that you were willing to, to say goodbye to the sport? Did it get that close at all? No, it's, it's you know, some days, you, you I don't want to call it a pity party, but, you know, the days you just, you're just down, you know, when, you know, uh, you're seeing your teammates fight, um and you're just here, you know, and knowing that it's going to take some time, you know, other than just recovering, just getting my time back together, you know, with my hands to feed, feast the hand and just 
you know, just getting back in getting back in the swing of things because, you know, I haven't really been doing too much other than recovering and just lifting weights. You know, so I might go into the field of bodybuilding, you know, because that's all I've been doing. But, you know, uh, no, I, I, it's just I'm just seeing the sport advance and just people just getting better and better. And I'm not saying I'm just here in a depressing way, but it's just like, you know, I'm just, you know, hungry. But I'm being patient. I'm being very, very, very patient because I know when it's my time to shine, I'm going to shine bright. So I think I think everybody kind of experiences this no matter what mm-hmm. line of work you're in. Like you, you see, you know, when you have to take some time off, it's almost like you f- I guess you feel like you're almost like you're left behind in a way. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. 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 And, you know, just just seeing everybody win. You know, I'm happy for everybody, man. But it's just like, you know. I want to get some dubs too. You know, UFC <laughs> can only satisfy a uh, UFC three can only satisfy me so much. And you know, and lately I just been getting cooked. So I ain't even been playing the game too much because I've been getting too salt. Like, you know what? In real life, that wouldn't happen. I'm very excited for the UFC four though, but you know, that's, what's been keeping me sane, uh, down to earth and just cool. Just as you had thought, you know, 2020 would be the year to sort of turn the page and fire mm-hmm. through this rehab and get back after it. It turns out it's one of the craziest years of our lives with the global yeah. pandemic and, you know, everything else going on in the country. I'm sure that has enhanced your patience and your growth throughout this whole process. So, you know, besides just lifting weights and, and trying to get back and playing video games, you know, how has the rest of life been for you over the past few months trying to get back with everything going on in the world? It's been it's been normal, you know. Uh, people been like I said, people been complaining about before uh, uh, the, the the quarantine. They were like, I was like, I've been on quarantine way before you guys, <laughs> and so it's 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 the same. It's like the uh, same as everybody else. It's just like you know, uh, I can walk now, so like <laughs> I can go outside, go for a little jog, which is hard. Oh my gosh, I did not know you need your calves that much to go for a jog, man. Like I thought it was just gonna be the left leg, it's both the legs because uh I couldn't I wasn't if I if I was I was on crutches, so I wasn't using my left or my right. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm finally able to use my left and my right, when I tell you that took everything out of me for that whole day, I'm like, uh, I got some work to do. But it's you know, I'm living, I'm I'm, I'm actually enjoying my time off, you know, because I'm getting to heal. Like, and, and that's not just the recovery aspect of, you know, uh, my Achilles, but it's like, I mean, when you, when you train for this sport, like it's every day you're just beating up your body, you know, every single day you're getting punched in your head, even if it's not a hard punch, uh, you're getting punched in your nose, you're getting punched in the chest. I woke up today from lifting weights and my, my, my side is lightweight hurting. And I'm just like, man, compared to getting kicked in it, this ain't that bad. You know, I can just stretch, you know what I'm saying? Relax and I'd be cool. You know, so I'm I'm enjoying the quarantine. I, I really am. That's why I'm like, I know when it's when it's time for me to go, I'm gonna be like I'm like go. You know? So it's not just like the Achilles that's recovering, it's like everything from the mind everything. to the toes, right? Yes, everything. I've I fell in love with ice baths now. How how much better they've been making me feel. Like I'm I'm really taking this opportunity and not only looking at it, you know, you know, self-reflecting and all that stuff. I'm looking at it from like a pers- uh, positive, you know, perspective of like I get to heal, you know, I get to like actually recover, you know, how Floyd Mayweather come in and fight one time, get 300 mil and you don't hear from him for like three, five more years because he just chilling, he relaxing and 
you know, I get to spend time with my family. I get to be home in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I've missed it. I really have. I really have missed Cleveland, Ohio, especially the summertime, just just being in a familiar environment, you know, because uh, last year and the year before that, I was in Colorado, you know, just different environment, different place. Go, 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 go. And now I'm in Cleveland. I get to, you know, slow down, hear my own thoughts and just relax. Has it felt in a way like you've, it's almost like turned back the clock for you going back home and, and experience all that, like going back to the guy who just got into the sport and is mm-hmm. working towards something? Do you feel kind of like, like like it's gone down that way for you, like mentally? Yeah, actually, yeah. And that's a good thing because it's like it's so weird. And, and, and I hope you understand what I mean by this when I say like I'm learning myself again. You know, like I said, I'm hearing my own thoughts and it'd be so random because I'll just be talking to uh, one of my uh, close friends, uh, my dude, Marcus. He lives out here in Cleveland and we was just talking and, you know, we was talking about fighting. And I was I I forgot what I said, but I was explaining to him like the mentality of a certain move or a certain, you know, uh, whatever. But it just clicked for me. Like, oh, that's why I used to (laughs) say that. Okay. Oh, like, you know, because when you're around different people in a different environment, you you, t- you tend to adopt their ways, you know, uh, not saying it's better, not saying it's worse, but you just you just tend to adopt their ways and start to think like them rather than yourself. So that's why I say, like, I'm starting to learn myself again. You know, it's it's a good it's a really good, familiar feeling. So do you think once you are ready to get back into a training camp? Do you think you're going to go back to Colorado or do you think you're going to stick around where you're at right now? I'm going to go back to Colorado uh, uh, for the time being. I like because I like I like it out there. You know, uh, I built a really strong connection with everybody out there. I love the altitude training. I mean, it's a love hate relationship. <laughs> I don't like, you know what I'm saying, the, the pain you go through during, but how you feel during the fights and after the fights, that's the love part. Uh, they have a lot of great fighters up there, um, and they're growing. And I'm excited to. I was actually talking to Mark Montoya a couple of days ago. He called to check in on me, see what's going on. He's excited. He wanted to get me back. My manager wanted to get me back, but we all just, you know, taking our time, being patient, and just, you know, making smart moves. Because I'm not in any rush. I don't have time to come back, or just because I'm super excited, get kicked one time. They're like, yeah, your your Achilles just ruptured again. So I'm, you know, I know I might be. A little bit over exaggerating, but I mean, it's 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 keeping me safe. I'd rather be safe than sorry. You are a very active guy on social media, so people have been able to at least kind of follow along on your mm-hmm. rehab journey. And for those who yeah. do follow you on on the IG, as the kids say, we see your workouts are getting a little bit more and more intense yeah. as the days go on. So, how is the Achilles now? How has the rehab and the the comeback to King Cage 2.0 coming along at this point? Uh. The 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 Achilles when it comes to lift weights is getting better. It's getting better because it, it was to a point where I couldn't do anything that would overwork it. You know, like I couldn't do squats or like anything that was like you know we just wanted to be smart about the situation. Uh, but it's getting stronger. Like I'm I'm able to squat now. Um, they still don't want me to push it too hard uh, because I have days where it just gets tender. Like it'll swell up, not too bad, like how it used to be, but it, it, it'll swell up and get super tender. And I have to ice bath, I have to massage it, and then I got to go to physical therapy. And like just as you said, physical therapy has been going good. You know, it's been getting 
more advanced with the movements. You know, uh, I've played soccer with the kids, right? And with my niece, my uh, baby brother, and um, one of the friends. And I was crossing kids up. I mean, I like from the moves that they taught me in physical therapy. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm getting like I said, I'm getting better at things that I wasn't good at before the injury. So, uh, so that's a, that's a good um, that's a good thing. And I mean, I'm excited to come back. You know, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I watch the fights. I see. I, I, I see what I see. I see the, the the flaws. I see the good things that people do. I take from it as much as I can. You know, I might try to dibble and dabble on the punching bag, you know, but again, I try not to push myself too hard because I know when it's time for me to go, I'm going to be, I'm going to go, you know, so just taking it light, taking it slow. When we spoke in January, you had said back then that you were looking at another five to six months before you thought you could come back and compete. And if my math is correct, we would be knocking on the door here, but it doesn't right. seem like that's realistic at this point. So no. <laughs> timeline wise, what, when are you thinking? Maybe the end of the year? Maybe sooner? Possibly maybe end of the year, but it, it all depends on how my Achilles feel. You know, uh, the doctor may say one thing, but my body's telling me another, you know, and I, like I said, being back home, I'm hearing my own voice and uh, I'm going to do what's right for not only for my career, but for my health, you know, because after fighting, I'm going to just have a Achilles uh, injury and that's about it. So I want to make sure that you know, even after fighting, I'm good, not only mentally, but physically as well. Has watching the fights, I'm sure, like, in at certain points, it's a little frustrating as you talked about, mm. you're like, oh, man, like, I want that feeling of victory myself. Like, yeah. I can't get oh that right gosh. now. But at the yeah. same time, it probably motivates you as well. Like, especially mm. when you see guys like uh, like Chris Gutierrez go out there and, and have yes. the performance that he had. And, like, a lot of your guys have yeah. from Factory X have, have looked really good and, and picked up some big wins. So that has to motivate you as, on top of the frustration, too. It's kind of like a, a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. He did. A, he did. What was, they said he was uh, – he made his three. He's the 11th guy to stop it with leg kicks. Something like that. I think he's like the tenth total, but it's a the eleventh time it happened because Barboza did it twice. Oh, okay, yeah. I, uh, funny story about that. I talked to uh, we call him Critique S, but uh, we talked. I talked to him maybe like a week or two before his fight, and we was making jokes. And he was like, "Man, you know, I ain't got the bink bink like you." I'm like, "Yeah, but you be whooping people legs, like, like that's your thing, man. You just whoop people legs. It's like it's from like that." He was laughing and stuff like that. And to see him go out there and do what he's just naturally good at, I was so proud of him, man. Like, I'm, like, yelling, like, ooh, ooh. Like, like I know how they feel. So for him not to have shin guards on and his goal is to, is, uh, to hurt, and for him to do that, I called him maybe, like, a week later just laughing. Like, bro, you, you, you whooped his legs, man. Like, he couldn't walk or nothing. He was like, you wrong for that. I'm like, you wrong for that. You you whooped that man's legs. He couldn't, he couldn't stand no more. <laughs> so, yeah, I was happy for him. Yusuf did a great job. Like, you know, I'm, I'm proud of all my teammates, even um, even the uh, teammates who who uh, left the gym and went elsewhere. Like I, I like, like you said, I'm, it's a motivation to see them do great things and consistently grow. Yeah, it's nice seeing guys like Yusuf get a shot and Brandon Roy mm -hmm. Val finally got a shot. Like, I was like, when the hell are they going to bring this guy in? Bro, I tried to keep the camera still. <laughs> Did you, you seen the fight, right? That was nuts. He, he, he man, man, when I want to say, like, 
I, I like it's my dude Marcus, man. Like uh, he, he like we actually fans of him. You know what I'm saying? I'm friends. You know we we cool, but it's like he good. Like Brandon Rovard, like he's he. Uh, when I first went out there in Colorado, he was the first dude, one of the first people I sparred. And I'm like, you know, he's small. He's on 125. I take my time with him. He kicked me in my head so fast, but it was so controlled. I'm like, oh, if this was real, I'd be out. And he he's good. Brandon is good. He's a savage, man. That fight went exactly the way I, I thought it was going to go. It was mm-hmm. just going to be a wild scramble fest, and whoever could have the better gas tank overall would, mm-hmm. would, would hang on there. I, I, I wanted to ask you about this because I talked to Brandon heading into the fight, and I talked to him coming out of it, and he said that his approach as he walks to the cage and like as he's getting ready to go out, it's like he doesn't want to do it. He's like, I just don't want to be there. I hate this effing sport. Why do yeah. I do this to myself? But then once that door locks, it's like, and this this animal just comes out of him. Have you yeah. noticed that about him? That he just has this kind of weird approach to fighting that he he doubts himself so much, but he maybe he needs that to perform the way. Yeah, that he everybody's does. different. Yeah, uh, Brandon. He when I say weird, I don't mean it in a bad way. I thought like my thing is to not fight with emotion. You know, that's my thing because I feel like when you add in emotion, you hesitate, you mess up, and your mind gets clouded. He's the only guy that I know that are like cry, like before, like he'd be like not crying, like sobbing, like he'd just be mad. And I just be, I don't say nothing. I just watch him and he goes in there and he just does like crazy things to get the win. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't affect him at all. So I feel like he's the only fighter that I know that can fight with emotion and he just does great things with it. What is um what's Ohio like right now in terms of restrictions and how mm. everybody's handling this pandemic? Because some states are doing well and the numbers are dwindling and things are mm. on the up and up, and then you go to Florida and it's like a disaster. Every it's like yeah. ten thousand new cases. It's absolutely yeah. insane. What's Ohio like right now? Well, first off, it's hot. Yeah. So I just turned the AC off, you know. So it's starting. To, I'm starting to feel it. Uh, it's muggy. But I just, they actually, um, I think, I guess they made it, they made it mandatory to wear a face mask. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's mandatory yet, but I, I ain't trying to take no, you know, chances. So I, I wear the face mask. I actually got some, uh, some 10 toes face mask. Uh, so that works out. Uh, I mean, people outside, but you know, it's not as, I feel like it's normal. You know, people, everybody wearing like face masks and stuff like that, but. You know, people still going outside before they jogs, walking around, still doing like nothing's going on. So, all right, well, that's good. I mean, yeah, it's like it ain't that bad. We're not going to concert. We're not going to concerts with like ten thousand no. people, like we're seeing no. in some places no. in the country. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, I seen a video. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to name the club just in case, but uh, <laughs> it's this cool uh, club out here that was filled with people. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago filled with people and i'm like man man it just take one person it's just one person so everybody got different priorities man i guess they don't want to stay in the house you know but if they uh ruptured their achilles tendon that's what is happening in florida right now it's yeah. start rupturing achilles attendance yeah, and everybody stay in the house <laughs> the, stars, <laughs> the numbers will go down it's crazy <laughs> what do you think's been um the biggest change for you throughout this whole process. I mean, we talked about the growth and self-reflection, et cetera. Mm. And, you know, the way you look at fighting and, you know, having that patience behind you to not have to rush things to come back. But what do you think has been like the biggest change overall since this time off? Um, 
my mindset, you know, uh, and, and, you know, just going back on saying, just learning me again, you know, uh, being familiar with myself and just hearing my own voice, you know, um, and just, you know, looking at, looking at this for what it is, you know, it's a business, it's entertainment and, you know, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. I'm just being as blood as I can, you know, and, you know, once I'm out there, I, I show it. Keeping it simple. Yeah. Keeping it simple. <laughs> yep. That's great to hear, man. You seem like you're in a really good place. Like I'm not saying you were in a bad place in January, right. but you're in a much better place now than you yeah. were in January. Yeah, yeah, I am. Trust me, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm excited, but I can wait. I yeah. can wait. <laughs> Trust me, I can wait. It's smart. You're a young guy too. You haven't even hit your athletic prime yet. Like you're. Pr- when you're is not that? Even is that like thirty? Thirty. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, you're good, like- man. I got like three more years then. Okay. Okay. Oh, you're you're good to go, man. You haven't, <laughs> yeah. you haven't even touched it yet. You you're not even close. Yeah. So then you get you get old fogies like me who are you know way past the prime. I went out speaking <laughs> of going for a run. I went out for a run yesterday. It was like 90 degrees. I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna go for a run. I had my backpack on so I could drink my water. Yeah. What a nightmare, man. Like you talk about your saying. calves, man. My shins, my shins are just yeah. a disaster. I felt like I weighed 500 pounds running yesterday. And it's hot. It's, it's like I get it's summer, but it shouldn't be this hot. It's just, it's just too hot. Oh my gosh, I do not like. I don't like any over over exaggerated temperatures, whether it's heat or the cold. Just give me. I'm about to go on Google and look up a place where it's just like it's it's cool, but he got the sun that'll warm you up. But it, but it's like a real cool, calm place. You know, not too hot, not too cold, just just cool. Like San Diego, or is that too hot for you? San Diego is like in the seventies every day. See, that's cool. You can you know, that? Yeah. And if it get too cold, you just throw in a cover and then you naturally just go to sleep because you're comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, like 70 degrees there. like every day there, like every single day. There's no snow. There's no winter. It's just like every day is the same. That's That sounds cool. You can do with that? Yeah. That's That sounds cool. That sounds cool. I got what? Well, first I got to look it up, you know, because uh, – <laughs> You know, I say it sounds cool, but it's like, you know, ravaged dogs, you know, roam the area every day. So I got to make sure it's cool and safe. It's expensive you know? out there, man. That's, oh, that's see, the thing. see, see, no, can't deal with it. Pros, cons. I hear you. I, right. yeah, I can't, I can't do that shit either. So oh, cool. Oh, cool. But great checking in with you, man. I'm glad that you're in a good place. I'm glad you're staying patient and uh, your time's going to come, man. You're going to come back yeah. and, you know, you're going to display all this new growth and, and evolution that you've shown as you're getting mm-hmm. back to to just being normal again, you know, after the yeah. Achilles getting, you'll be able to run normal and it won't be as yeah. painful anymore. And, and things will all be good. <laughs> and whenever that happens, man, we'll all be watching. So thank you for the time. All the best to you. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we let you go? Uh, other than uh, follow me on Instagram at K O E underscore K I N G K A G E UFC. I'm thinking about changing it cause it's super long, but whatever. Uh, I'm still working on my 10 toes gear, you know, got a little, a little um, special thing. Uh, it's uh, Samurai Ted Toes. Uh, I got some face masks coming out. Well, I already got them now, but I got to get some more made because people will start buying them. And uh, again, I appreciate the love and support. I actually get a lot of love and support rather than haters, and, and I really do appreciate it. Sounds good, man. All the best to you. and We'll see you back in there maybe the end of the year, maybe early 2021. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, bro. Thanks, man. Good talking to you. Just incredible stuff right there with Devontae Smith. And my heart just breaks 
for that guy right now with, with everything that's going on. Uh, again, the GoFundMe link to help out after the tragic incident that cost his 23-year-old sister, Darian Smith, her life early Saturday morning is right here on the screen. So whatever you guys can donate, $5, $10, $20, if you have the means, please help out because this is just a horrible thing that this family has to go through right now. We send our condolences to Devante, his family, and Darian's children, and really anybody that's that's affected by this awful tragedy. Um, Devante is a guy I've been talking to for a couple of years now, and... You could kind of see it at the beginning of the interview, like he's, he's, you kind of have to like get him going, but once he gets going, he's great. And I feel like Devontae and I have built a really good rapport over the years. Um, but I did want to read a statement that was sent to me from Devontae Smith and from his team um, following this, this just horrific tragedy. He said, quote, my sister is an amazing person who is a true source of light and inspiration in life and death. We miss her more than anything and would do anything to bring her back. We're extremely grateful for everyone's support and prayers. So whatever you guys can do to, to help that family out. It's almost like impossible to transition from that to our next conversation as we chat with the newest member of the UFC's Bantamweight division, John Castaneda. He makes his UFC debut next Saturday, July 25th, takes on Nathaniel Wood in Abu Dhabi. Here's my conversation with the former Kambachi America's Bantamweight champion, John Sexy Mexi Castaneda on What the Heck. All right, we have the newest member of the UFC's Bantamweight division, John Castaneda, joining us right now. As we found out last week, he's going to be stepping in on short notice to take on Nathaniel Wood on July 25th on Fight Island. Welcome to the UFC, John. How are you? Mike, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So this is something, right? I mean, you haven't competed in well over a year. You're coming off a win, but here we are in the UFC. Does it like, does it sound real when you hear that, that like you're in the UFC? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it is kind of surreal for sure. Um, I feel like every fighter starts this journey to get to this point at some point, you know what I mean? To get to the UFC. Um, we're here. And like I was telling my coach, like getting here was, you know, it, it just took winning fights. But now, you know, kind of maintaining a, uh, maintaining this job is going to be the hard part, right? Now we're going up against the best in the world. Um, now, now it's now is the time that matters for sure. How did this all come together? Like, when did you know that you were an option here to fight Nathaniel Wood and replace Umar Nurmagomedov? Because I would assume, like, once you became, you know, closer and closer to being the guy, I assume there was probably a FaceTime call from Jason House involved because that's typically how it happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously, with having Jason House as a manager, you know, one of the more well-known managers in the game, there, there's always a possibility for a last-minute fight in the UFC or any other big promotion. Um, there's been a couple times in the, in the, in the past year, actually, that I've been offered some fights, uh, from Jason last minute. Um, not even just offered like a, for sure, like, Hey, this is, you know, they're asking for you, but like just putting my name in the hat, you know? Um, and I've had to say no a couple of different times, uh, most, mostly because actually a hundred percent of the reason I'm just going to be honest with you is because I was nowhere near the weight that I needed to be. Um, for a, you know, a 10, 10 day fight, 10, 10 day short notice, two weeks short notice. Um, basically we, we chatted a couple months ago and I told him, I heard about the UFC fight Island cards and I saw that there was a couple of bandwidth fights on every single card. And I just told myself mentally like, Hey, I'm going to start a camp. And I told Jason this too. I'm going to start a camp in the hopes of one of these fights falling through. So, you know, eight, 
eight to 10 weeks ago, mid quarantine, I started training hard. I started dieting. Um, two weeks ago on the Texas card, um, I think his name is Sean Woodson. Yep. There, he was, uh, his opponent fell through and Jason had asked me if I, if I was, you know, willing to throw my name in the hat. And I was like, absolutely. Like I already told you, you know, I've been training, I've been dieting, uh, I can make 140. Yeah, no problem. So they put my name in the hat. They ended up going with a different guy, a local guy, which is no problem, but I kept training. Um, you know, when now we're here basically. So this is not a typical short notice fight because you've been preparing for this for an opportunity anyhow. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I'm not going to lie the, the quarantine aspect of training is honestly been better for me. I, we, uh, at the Minnesota martial arts Academy where, or I guess here in Minnesota, we have some rules that we have to abide by because of COVID. So we're able to train in smaller groups and, um, you know, I got my little group of four to six, um, has been stellar. You know what I mean? A bunch of studs in the room, good jujitsu guys, good strikers. And I'm getting a little bit more focused, um, focus from my from my coach directly you know what i mean it's a smaller group so i feel like i've evolved a lot um during quarantine and even in this past year you know i've been working hard these last eight to ten eight to ten weeks so i'm, I'm ready for sure i don't know if you remember this but i was telling my our producer casey off air about this i remember the first time i spoke with you it was in september of 2016 you were getting ready to fight gustavo lopez for the yeah. vacant Combate Bantamweight title. And the way that Combate is set up is I spoke with both of you guys at the same time. Like you guys are both on the same call together. And oh, you ended really? up winning that. Yeah, you ended up winning that fight against Gustavo. You finished him in the fourth round and then you continued this this crazy run you've been on. Now both of you guys are in the UFC. It's pretty crazy how things can just kind of take off over a four-year time frame, right? It's super crazy, I know. And um, I mean, we fought for the title that night for Combate America's title. And yeah, like, like you said, here we are both in the UFC. I've actually, when I first, when I saw he got the call to the UFC, I was like, mentally, I was like, I'm next. You know, I've, I've, I've fought this guy. I beat this guy and you know, I, I know I'm next and here we are, you know, it, it'll be fun. I mean, me and Gustavo are really cool now. You know, we, we chit chat back and forth on, uh, on Instagram and stuff. So he's a good guy. That's good. It's good to hear. It wasn't that way back four years ago, but I'm right. you guys have, uh, have buried the hatchet since then. But right. you know, since that fight, you've you, you've run off a couple a, a bunch of wins. You were on the contender series in 2017. You got the win. You didn't earn a contract, and that was that was your ninth win in a row. And and yeah, it wasn't a finish, but it was still a win. But, I mean, what did you take away from that experience, despite not getting a contract that night? That that camp leading up to that was rough, man. I, I was injured. Um, I wasn't able to get you know a lot of road work in which is part of my part of my game you know being in good shape and getting in my cardio rounds um i wasn't able to do that that camp and i i, I felt it during the fight you know I, I and i think the not the judges but i think dana white and everybody watching you know saw that took that performance and you know i wasn't impressed with myself so how i can't expect them to be impressed either you know so I, i'm not surprised i didn't get a contract but um i've done a lot of growing uh mentally uh these last you know three years, two and a half years since then. And I'm, I'm more than ready, man. I'm more than ready for the shot. Absolutely. Yeah. You looked, you look pretty relaxed right now, despite yeah. the opportunity in front of you. Like when, did, when did you sort of turn that corner? Because you were, I remember that, that conversation with Gustavo, maybe it was just because of the scenario, but you were a lot more intense in that conversation than you are right now. I'm actually, you know, yeah. it's, it's been four years since then, but it's almost like I'm talking to a completely different guy right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 
to be honest, I, I, I would say it really, it really took a turn, you know, this at the beginning of the year, you know, pre COVID, um, everything changing for me in, in terms of like my training regimen and stuff like that. Um, I'm getting older, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm 28. I'm hitting my prime. I'm, I'm getting more sleep. You know, there's just so many little factors that are, that are playing into it, you know? Um, but I feel great, man. I, I feel ready and I'm ready to rock for sure against Nathaniel Wood. Prior to your last fight, you had dropped back to back fights and it was, you know, one of the, one, one was in the finals of the, the Copa Combache, which, you know, it is what it is. And then yeah. you lost a close split decision after that. What was that like for you to sort of be in that unfamiliar territory, losing two fights in a row? It was tough. I mean, there was definitely a lot of pressure. Um, absolutely. You know, losing two in a row, or you don't want to be the guy that loses three in a row, <laughs> but, um, it's, it really kind of, it's motivating. You know what I mean? Just like with anything else. Um, I feel like in both of those fights, it was a cardio issue and it was, um, it was a cardio issue. See, I, I break it down. So like when, when I'm training for a camp or when I'm in training camp, you know, you have overall fight camp conditioning, but you also have how I like to call it is like just straight jujitsu and rolling and groundwork conditioning and then boxing conditioning. And to be honest, my boxing conditioning, my stand-up conditioning wasn't on par those two fights. And I feel like that's the biggest thing too, is that I've been working my stand-up so much. Uh, my car, my conditioning and my cardio for my striking is there. And that's, I feel like that's what's giving me more confidence for this fight as well. You know, cause if you, I'm a wrestler at heart, you know what I mean? Um, I like taking people down, but that's kind of just a reservation in the back, you know, in the back. Um, if I can stand and bang and compete with people, some of these high level strikers, that's what I want to do. And I have my conditioning on both ends right now. You know, I've been working, I t I'm telling you, man, I've been working my butt off these last eight weeks. So I'm excited. If you don't mind me asking, because we, we did mention Gustavo, were you still under contract with, with Kambache before you got this fight? Because we saw a little bit of drama when Gustavo got signed. I know he was the champion, so the circumstances were a little different. But were you still under under contract with them? No. So my contract ended with them, I, uh, I want to say, shortly after my last fight, which was last year. Um, it, it, it hadn't ended, but we I think we basically asked for a release and they granted it. Um, and yeah, since then I've kind of been sidelined, but, um, no, I was not under contract. I also did see that little, little bit of drama with Gustavo's contract, which I think ultimately they made the right move, you know, letting him kind of get out of that contract to fulfill his dream, you know? So were you, was it an injury that's led to the, to the layoff? Like what happened there? Cause it's been what, 17, 18 months before you lost your last fight, something around there. Um, it was a little bit of injury. It was a little bit of, um, honestly, lack of discipline, lack of, um, lack of, you know, maintaining my weight. That's kind of been the biggest thing I've had multiple opportunities. I want to say four or five, you know, some UFC, some other promotions. And I've, I've turned them down. Um, yeah, I've turned them down. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm, I'm living comfortably. I, I, I do have a, a part-time job, which provides really good income. Um, but like I said, it's it, uh, my passion for the sport hasn't gone away by any means. And I've been training these last 16, 17 months, just like I would, you know, for a fight. It's just been the, the diet aspect and the, I guess, the urgency to make a paycheck from a fight hasn't really been there. Um, but I'm, 
I'm ready, man. This is my dream. This has always been my dream. Um, I'm more focused now than I ever was. So what's the, what's the part-time gig, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually manage a uh, nightclub downtown. Nice. Uh, downtown Minneapolis. So uh, the nightclub industry, it's, you know, it's a lot of uh, under the money or under the table money. You know what I mean? A lot of tip money, stuff like that. So I, I make some good money there. Are the clubs open back up in Minnesota right now? They are at a, at a certain capacity. They are. Um, I think it's like 40 or 50% capacity. And so, um, it's not crazy busy, but we, we, um, tend to draw in like the, a lot of business people, a lot of, you know, out of town business people, or just Minnesota business people, a lot of wealthier people. We're kind of like a high end, like a, a high end nightclub for sure. That's awesome, man. So let's talk about July 25th. You're going to fight Nathaniel Wood, one of the bright prospects at 135 in the UFC. And I'm sure as a guy that was trying to get to the UFC yourself and seeing the climate of the division around the world, I'm sure Nathaniel is a guy that you've been aware of over the years, right? Absolutely. No, I've, I've definitely heard the name and I've, I've, I've watched a couple of his fights. Um, obviously, since I found out that I am fighting him, I've done my research and you know, he's obviously three and one in the UFC. He's got just as many fights as I do. So I know he's a veteran, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the thing with having these 16 months off, 17 months off. It's, it's really not a problem to me. You know, like I said, it's, I've been training every single day. Um, that's a lot of, that's a lot of fights, 17 fights. I had 16 amateur fights. You know, this isn't anything new to me. Um, taking this much time off isn't really, you know, to me, ring rust and, and all that stuff doesn't really doesn't really play a factor in it. I don't even think it, it exists, to be honest. Yeah, because you've had you've had uh, some some lengthy layoffs before in the past, so it's not like you've this is the first time it's happened for you. Did you watch the the fight with John Dodson? I'm sure I did. You, did. you know what? You know what's crazy is that I was watching all of his fights on UFC on Fight Pass, and that's the only one that won't load. And I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> like, why won't that load? I, and I tried re-logging in and logging out, but. You know, ultimately, I, I know his style and I know I know his tendencies. I know what he does. I know his strengths and his weaknesses. So it's it is what it is. I don't need to watch that fight to know that. You know. When do you head to Abu Dhabi? Um, I head to Vegas this Thursday, the 16th. Uh, I test for COVID there, quarantine for 24 hours, and then pending results, we leave that n very next day, so Friday. So this coming Friday. So then you'll quarantine for, I think it's 48 hours once you get to Abu Dhabi. But are, are you excited to to travel over there and, and see the island and, and be part of something so unique for your first UFC oh fight? Absolutely. You know, it's 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 so exciting. I, 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 I didn't imagine fighting on Fight Island or uh, I guess a secluded Fight Island, you know, uh, when I made my UFC debut. You know, I was expecting something, you know, like a. I don't know, even like a local show, you know, you know how they always go to the local guys when there's a local card. I know there was a UFC Minneapolis here a couple of years ago, and I was I was thinking to myself, like, this is my shot. You know, this is it right here. But I was under contract currently and stuff like that. But no, the, the chance to fight on a fight island is unreal. I'm so excited. How do you like the actual matchup itself from a from a stylistic perspective with Nathaniel? Like, how do you feel you match up with him, strengths, weaknesses, et cetera? Um, I think that I have the advantage on the ground. Um, I think he's, you know, he's got, a, he's got some finishes, um, via submission. I don't, to be honest, I don't really know the caliber of the guys that he fought though, um, that he submitted. I think Dodson was obviously his toughest opponent. Um, striking wise, I know he's fast, he's fast and 
he's active, but like I said, I've been working my hands like crazy, man. And I, I hit like a truck for a 35 er I know that for a fact. And I know that if I can tag him, I can hurt him. Um, so I, you know, the goal is to stand and strike with him, um, hurt him on the feet, but I know my wrestling's better than his. I, I, I believe my jujitsu is better than his as well. And my, my transitions between positions, you know what I mean? I, I watched a lot of these guys that he, he took down and, you know, these guys aren't moving. These guys, he, he takes them down and he submits them. These guys aren't moving. These guys aren't looking to, to sweep. These guys aren't looking to get up. You know, they're just complacent where they are. And I don't know if you've ever seen my fights, but that's not me. You know what I mean? You're a wild man. I'm a wild man. <laughs> <laughs> how does this all play out next Saturday? Like, how do you make an introduction for this new crop of fans that are going to be watching you for the first time on July 25th? Like I said, I'm just looking out. I'm just looking to put on a show, man. I'm, I'm going out there, putting on a show. Hopefully, like you said, making some new fans. But I honestly, I, my prediction would be a submission win. Did you watch the card on Saturday, UFC 251? I did. I was so juiced with it. I I got a little. I I actually got a chance to train with Rose Namahunas here because I train at the Minnesota Martial Arts Academy. Coach Greg Nelson. That was where she first started training, and she actually trained a couple months with us here at the beginning of the year. So I was able to. Um, get some training in with her i was rooting for her i was super pumped and glad that she won um the main event i i you know i kind of saw that coming especially with masvidal taking it on short notice and that brutal weight cut you know 20 pounds in six days that's crazy but otherwise the last you know the whole main card the whole card was unreal so definitely set a standard for the rest of the uh, abu dhabi fights and now your brand new division has a new champion, Piotr Jan. Great fight with Jose Aldo. I mean, super good fight. Yeah, that, that was super good. You know, what, what, what do you think of the new champion and, you know, what he could do with that title as, as, as far as like fresh matchups and and just kind of the movement of the division now that Henry Cejudo is not, you know, doing what he does? Yeah, absolutely. With Henry being out, you know, um, he kind of cleaned shop. He, 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 he kind of beat everybody. But yeah. All the new matches, matchups with Peter are going to be super interesting. I think that that fight was super good. I think Jose Aldo's got some good matchups coming up as well. He looked really good. Um, he looked really good. I think he just kind of, you know, took a little gas tank hit at the very end there. He, he cuts a lot of weight for 35. And uh, those first, you know, those first three rounds were super competitive, I think. So, so uh, both those guys, you know, they're going to have some crazy good matchups coming up. And I'm super excited about it. Well, we are super excited to see your Octagon debut next Saturday, John. Congratulations on the call-up. Excited to see how this all plays out with Nathaniel Wood. And safe travels to Vegas, then on to Abu Dhabi. And all the best to you in the fight itself, man. Hi, Mike. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Big thanks to John Castaneda for the time. And I've been speaking with John for years. And this UFC call is long overdue. But it's got a pretty good test standing across the cage from him next Saturday night in Nathaniel Wood, and I'm excited for that one. That fight will be wild. Mark my words on that event headlined by Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. That whole card is bananas. It's just crazy. I still can't believe Alexander Gustafson, Alexander Gustafson is fighting Fabricio Verdum at heavyweight, coming out of retirement. Like That whole event is like the definition of 2020. It's just chaotic and wild and so many things you didn't expect to happen are happening on it. That's going to be a lot of fun. Earlier this week, I caught up with Rob Font, the number 10 ranked 135 pounder in the UFC. He's been recovering from an injury he suffered in his last fight with Ricky Simone at the UFC DC card in December. It was a win for Rob Font. He's won two in a row. Most of the conversation is about that. He does talk about Calvin Cater versus Danny Ige since 
He was out there cornering Calvin Cater after all, but by the time this drops, the fight will have been over. And I'm sure it was a good one. But let's get an update on when we may see Rob return to the Octagon himself right now on What the Heck. All right, Mike Heck here for MMAfighting.com. And joining us from Fight Island right now in Abu Dhabi, the number 11 ranked bantamweight in the world, Rob Font. He's out there as part of Calvin Cater's team ahead of his big main event fight with Dan Ige on Wednesday night. Rob, good to see you, man. How are you? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great. It's always great catching up with a fellow Boston area native. First question, how is Fight Island? Like we built up our imaginations for several weeks, but now that you're there in the flesh and I know you're in quarantine right now, has it sort of lived up to the expectations, at least looking out the window and stuff? Um, obviously the, the view's beautiful. Check it out. Wow. Um, you know, they have all the yachts and the, the boats and all that. Um, as far as Getting out there, obviously, we've been quarantined for 48 hours. Um, but the process here was, was smooth from Vegas. Um, once we landed, uh, the process with getting tested and making sure we were, you know, safe and all that was real smooth. Uh, you know, so shout out to USC, shout out to the Dubai. They really put it together. And, um, yeah, we're just waiting. I'm dying to get out of here, man. So I can, you know, get out there and check out the check out the town. As we record right now here on the East Coast, it's it's Thursday morning. So how long are you in quarantine still? When are you going to be able to to roam the island and get free there? I believe today's the last day. Correct, Titan? We should be out tonight. We should be out by tonight for sure. So. Well, there you go. It's just we're uh, out. We were free, man. I know. You're probably, probably <laughs> losing your mind right now. It's just, I mean, it, that, that's crazy, just part man. of this this crazy time in the world and, and even in the yeah. sport. But you know, I, I want to talk about what's going on with you because a few months ago, I, I I did speak to Tyson, your manager, and he told me that you had injured your knee and you had to have surgery. Yep. So, uh, what happened there? Yep. Was it was it something that happened in the fight with Ricky Simone? So yes, yeah, so, uh, second round, uh, probably towards the end of the second round, um, I got taken down. We got to a weird, uh, like a, a weird kind of scramble where he triangled my legs. His pretty much his hips went down. My leg came up and my ACL, and um, this is I got ruptured my ACL and tore my uh, sorry, a slight tear in my meniscus. And um, that was December, I forgot what date that was my fault. It was December, then I got surgery in January, and um, you know, three weeks later, I was in Vegas, PT, and just getting after it. When things like that happen in a fight, you know, I've talked to so many fighters over the years that this has happened to, the, like that extra adrenaline will pump through the body to help you get through it. It's almost like you don't even realize that it happened. But did you have a feeling that something significantly wrong had happened? Yeah, no, I knew. I knew instantly. I felt it. Like, if you if you look back at the fight, you can see my face go, oh, shit. Like, so like, I instantly popped up and then I, I just felt it. Like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't buckling. Like, uh, like you know how Macy Barber's leg just kept giving, giving out? It wasn't like that. So I'm like, all right, it's not that bad. Just forget about it. I tried to keep it out as much as possible. And I, I the third round, I kind of came in a little slow and just testing it out. But once I felt it wasn't that bad, um, honestly, when it took me down, I realized I could get back up and it wasn't that bad. And I was like, all right, just keep pushing. And then, uh, you know, we got the W. And, but it, it, it was hurting right after the fight. Like, right when I got to the back room and got medical, it felt like somebody shot me in my leg. It was just, it was torture, man. But I was... It was uh, it was even, so I knew I needed to um, win that round. And um, it was there was no way I'm losing to Ricky Simone, so I had to just you know tough it up and go out there and get the job done. 
When I, you mentioned being in Vegas and, and doing your PT. And when I spoke with Tyson, he was hopeful that you could return by the end of the year. You know, how has the road to recovery gone to this point? Where would you say you're at right now in terms of what you can and cannot do on that knee right now? Right now, mentally, I'm like hundred percent ready. Uh, Heather's <laughs> not going to let it happen yet. Uh, the surgeon's not going to let it happen. He's not going to let it happen. Probably like 75% ready. Um, I'm doing everything as far as strength and conditioning, um, pads, light drilling with certain people really just Calvin and um and uh that's it really so I'm not rolling my sparring I'll probably get back to sparring within a couple probably September but it'll probably just be boxing for at first and lots of drills and um but I'm ready I feel confident I'm like I'm gonna fight right now like I was like thinking about how can I jump to this Frankie Yeager fight like how can you make this happen <laughs> but there's no way right but uh I'm confident I feel good uh I feel like I haven't even less instead of anything. I felt like I got better, you know. Um, I got a, I got a whole brand new knee, so I'm like I'm a better person for that. So uh, yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm, division's exciting. There's a lot of movement in division, and um, I'm ready to get back in there and uh, mix it up with these guys. Yeah, because you see, like in in baseball all the time, some of these pitchers will have Tommy John surgery, and they like they'll have to go in and just dig out all the garbage out of the shoulder, and then they come back and they're better than ever. Is it kind of like how yeah. you feel right now? Yeah, yeah, I feel great. I um, I'm loose. I um, I've been around a lot of high level athletes, so um, um, my confidence went through the roof. Uh, Heather Lennon actually hooked me up with a uh, with a PT uh, out in Boston, and they, they he pretty much does the whole Patriot lineup, all the a lot of the, the, the Bruins, a lot of the uh, local lacrosse players. So like, I'm watching these high level athletes recover from ACL, recover from shoulder or whatever. And I'm watching how they do it. And I'm like, I'm right in there mixed with all these high level athletes. And I'm, I'm just gaining confidence every day. So um, I'm ready. So fair to say no golf on fight Island. Like, Cause I saw there was a golf. Course no, I'm clear. I'm clear, bro. I'm clear. You can play golf. I'm 100% clear. Yeah, I'm clear. man. That's the only thing I'm like really, really excited to get out there and do is play golf. <laughs> you know, get into one of these F1 race cars, but uh, I'm, I'm clear, man. I'm good to go. Have you played it? Once all I started this year? jumping and, and sprinting and jogging, I was I was good to go to play golf. So I'm ready. There you go. Have you played around yet? Just um, a small part three around the neighborhood. Um, I haven't really got out there as far as like the bigger courses um, in a driving range, but not not as heavy as we used to. But uh, we'll, we'll get back to it. Stone Oaks. Would you play Stone Oaks? Uh, Garrison. Oh, okay, Oaks okay. is pretty good. Start, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well there you go so you've won your last two fights you're ranked number 11 in the division and 135 10, whatever. yeah i mean that's what happens <laughs> man this is such a crazy division and such a crazy time yeah. 135 has become one of if not the, the new, best the, division the hottest, in the ufc right no, now it's the hottest division out there right now the hottest division out there we're uh we're exciting we're putting on fights um so i'm sorry finishes um yeah it's exciting right now What's it been like for you kind of watching some of these bigger fights play out over the past few months while you've been on the sidelines trying to get back? It's It's been tough, but it's been motivating. You know, like, uh, you know, that night, all the 35ers fought. I, I couldn't even sit down. I was so hyped. I was just like, oh, because I know I can get in there and knock all these dudes out. So I'm like, all right, um, just got to be patient. You know, um, that's probably one of my biggest things, especially when I was coming up on the amateur or probably, I didn't have patience. You know, um, you know, Tyson showed me how to develop that patience and, um, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, I think I finally got it, but it's still like, I'm like, like I hear opportunities. I'm like, fuck it. Throw me in there. Ain't Frankie Edgar, you know, <laughs> a, a fucking veteran or whatever fights that I got one leg, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. We can, can, can make it happen, but I'm, 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 I'm getting better with patience. 
How much do you annoy Tyson on like a weekly basis being in this division right now and wanting to get back? I used to back in the day. I would text him every day. Now I'm just like, <laughs> I know what it is. I already know he's already thinking what I'm thinking already. So I just, it's like, just let him do his thing and, and, and uh, you know, we'll fight eventually. But uh, back in the day, it's called every day. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? We should do this. We should do that. He'd be like, nah, settle down. Just drive <laughs> man. You fucking suck. Just go at it. But now I'm, I'm maturing. I'm maturing, you know. Of course, on Saturday night, there's going to be a new champion in the division. We have Piotr Jan fighting Jose Aldo. First off, Aldo's a legend in this game, was a longtime featherweight champion, one of the greatest of all time. But as a guy who wants to be a world champion in his own right, what did you think of Aldo getting the shot when there were other guys that were more deserving from a meritocracy standpoint? I mean, he hasn't even gotten a win in the division yet. Does that frustrate you at all? To be 100% honest, I really don't care. Um, I, I'm not fighting for the belt. I got at least two more fights before I get into that talk. Um, as a fan, I, I, I de- definitely did want to see Jose Aldo um, get a belt. Um, as a fighter, it's kind of like, oh, come on, man. Because if I was in that position, like a Peter Yan or Aljamain, I'd been pissed. So um, I got definitely got mixed emotions. But to be honest, I don't care. I just want to get back in there. Um, I'm excited to see that fight. It's going to be a fun fight. Um, you know, I believe Jose can pull it off. Um, Peter Yan's a tough test, but I'm going with um, Jose on that one. Oh, I like it, man. There's a, there's a fight coming up on Wednesday that is kind of significant to you and your division. The Calvin two Cater? Guys. Well, that one too. But then you uh, have... I mean, I'll, I'll be worried about it's Calvin Cater, man. I'm not worried about any other, anybody else but Calvin Cater. Well, I mean, Rivera and Stamen are fighting on that card. That came together That's last gonna minute. That's going to be boring, bro. That's two guys ranked right above you. That fight's going to be boring. You know that fight's going to be boring. Man. Not, we're not worried about that fight. That's going to be a trash fight. They both know it. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, like, I'm worried about Calvin Cater and that's it. So, you know, let's talk about Calvin Cater then. You know, let's get the big fight with Danny Gay, let's main event go. on Saturday. You know, yes, sir. seeing what Calvin has been able to do, to see him get some big wins, get a big headliner spot on the island like this, getting closer and closer to a title shot. How motivating has that been for you? It's 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 awesome, bro. I've been, I'm getting there. To, I'm right next to him like, as he's doing it. my I feel like my level has to rise now. Cause my brother's doing it. I got to do it as well. So I got to get me some main events. I got to get me some bigger opportunities as well. And um, he's just, just motivating. It's just, I'm just blessed to be a part of the, the journey. And, uh, and I'm excited to see uh, him get another W um, on Wednesday. There's definitely a focus within Calvin right now. That is, that is quite obvious. He's always been a focus guy, but I've, I've seen it over the last couple of times I've chatted with him and he has a certain approach to the fight game. That's pretty rare to see these days. Like most guys, you know, they want these big money fights. They want to call for title shots and Calvin wants the title, obviously, but you know, he takes calculated risks. He takes fights that most guys would perhaps hesitate to take. He just says yes. And then he's off and running almost like an old school mentality thing that you guys share as a team. Is it not? Yeah, no, we just you say we just want to fight. Obviously, once it comes down to it, we got to be strategic with matchmaking. We will, but it comes down to it, we just want to fight. Um, like we don't, obviously we don't want to be sitting around too long either. Um, you know, Danny Gay is an up and comer. He's just one. He had a big, uh, big fight. I believe after we put him put him away, we're looking at a title shot. If not, one more fight. But um, yeah, no, his approach is is, is top notch. You know, he really, he really, really believes in that Bill Belichick mindset. You know, you know, and, and that's kind of rubbing off on me as well. You know, you know, he just he just puts his head down. We get to work and we get the job done, no matter what it takes. Like, we'll, we'll get the job done. Um, we got to drive. If we got to fly somewhere, if we got to pull people in, if we got to pay extra, we'll figure it out and get it done. And um, you know, that's I'm, I'm picking a lot of that from him. And um, you know, you know, it's, I think everybody's getting better. You know. If, the, the team's getting better. Titans getting better. And um, it's all because of that mindset he has. 
How is, how is he handling kind of the pressure of it all? Because he admits that even uh, most of the pressure is on him heading into this fight. He's the higher ranked guy. He's the one coming off the, you know, really big win while most people thought Ige lost his last <clears> fight, but you know, Ige gets an opportunity to kind of knock him off the pedestal here. You know, how's he sort of handling that pressure? Is he just thriving in it right now as we get closer and closer to this yeah, fight? He's just thriving on. He knows um, it's all the pressure's on him. He has to go out there and perform to his best ability. Um, he's fighting himself out there. He's not worrying about Danny Ige. Um, this fight game's crazy. We could potentially lose the fight before we even get there, you know. Like so, like he's not worried about Dan. He's only worried about Calvin Cater, you know. He's gonna go out there and knock this dude out. I'm excited. How quickly does he knock him out? Do you think? I know you're never gonna say that Danny Gay's gonna win. But second round, second, second round, round he gets it done. Second round, you're gonna fill him out the first round, put him away. Second round, kind of like the Stevens fight, very similar. Exactly. <laughs> all these guys, all these guys are gonna get it. I'm telling you, man. This kid, I don't, I don't think people believe. I mean. Realize how how hard he hits, how precise he is, how accurate he is with the, with the shots. How he's more worried about the placement of the shot than the actual power. Um, how long he is, and they don't know he can wrestle. So it's it's, it's uh he's probably the most slept on fighter in the whole UFC. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, tomorrow, I'm sorry, uh, Wednesday is going to be a uh, it's going to be another coming out party. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody's going to jump on the uh, cartel and the, and the Calvin Cater bandwagon watch. Calvin told me that, and I'm sure you can attest to this, that one of the goals for himself and the entire team is to have both of you guys be world champions at the same time. And, and I assume you share that goal, but is there like, is there like a brotherly part of you that wants to get there first? Like he's got a bit of a jump yeah. on you right now, but as we've learned, he's got a sport, big jump on me. <laughs> yeah, but crazy, crazy things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously uh, he's got a huge jump on me. So, which is whatever, um, once he won that belt, you know, that's, you know, it's I'm, I'm act like it's my belt as well. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take a little bit off of that belt. But uh, no, nah, it's gonna be him. I believe it's gonna be him first, and I'm coming on right after that. And to be part of like, you know, I know you're not fighting, and I w- you probably wish you you could be a part of this. It's like a, you know, this may be the only time this ever happens in our sport where they had to rent an island for four different fight cards just to get these things going. And who knows, it's gonna happen in a couple of months. But just to be a part of this whole thing, even though you're not actually competing to share this with Calvin and the rest of your team. What is that like for you? Yeah, man, this is, uh, we're going to be talking about this for, for years, bro. This is the first time, um, you know, I'm, in a, I'm on an island about to get into a fight. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's never like, I, if I told you this a couple of years ago, you wouldn't believe me. So, um, yeah, man, this is exciting. Um, I just want to see how all this plays out. Uh, I just want to get out of this fucking room, man. I'm fucking going crazy, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Great catching up, man. It always is, is great to talk to you. But by the way, for, for those who are watching this conversation in the New England area right now, if they want to get some some work in with the future Bantamweight champion, some training in with the great Rob Fawn, how can they do that? Yeah, you know, um, it's easy. Just slide in my DM. If not, uh, contact Tyson. Um, check, you can even call my girl, Catherine Frears, uh, if you want to. Holler uh, at me. You know, uh, I'm, I'm probably the most experienced guy in the new england area um you know i have the experience i have the knowledge i worked with a lot of great trainers you know um guys like mark delegrati Dwayne ludwig uh, jimmy gifford uh tyson chartier joe lozon steve mays i i got a lot of knowledge that i can pass on and um you know uh it's an illegitimate cartel curriculum you know so um contact me hit me up um you know we'll be doing seminars soon me and calvin and tyson um it's gonna be a lot, there's gonna be a whole movement with the cartel curriculum. The cartel wave is real, and uh, I'm excited. By the way, who's who's the next wave of of cartel members that we're gonna see in the U.S.? Tommy Tom, man, Tommy Tommy Pegs. Yeah, I got my boy Tommy Pegs coming up. Um, I'll put him in there. 
any 45 or 35 or right now in the, the local Northeast uh, uh, MA region. I'm talking about anybody, uh, Jay Perrion, anybody, Jay Perrion, anybody can get it. They're all getting knocked out. Watch, watch. You're going to see how he's literally going to run through that whole division of, of 45ers, 35ers, if you can make the way he's getting kind of big right now. But he's going to destroy the whole Northeast and um, give him two or three fights. He'll be right in the UFC. Watch. There we go. We look forward to that. New England. I, I feel like the the region, I, I feel like the New England region has been exciting for for quite some time, kind of slept on in, 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 when yeah. you're talking about the sport. But I feel like right now it's we're at a point where it's starting to break out a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm excited. Again, like I said, we got a lot of young up-and-coming talent. Um, obviously, you know, we have uh, Calvin on the, the fifth team. So it's big things are happening for the Northeast, for the cartel, and I'm excited. There you go, man. Enjoy the time on the island. Can't wait for you to be free. I'm sure you're just excited to get that wristband on and, and walk around and, and see what the sound's all about. Uh, all about. All the best <laughs> to Calvin. All the best to you and the rest of the team this week, Rob. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Take care. Bye, Tyson. Bye. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <See ya>. <laughs> <laughs> the and everything, brother. <laughs> I know. Look at that. Million dollars. Just go. A member of the New England cartel, Rob Font, wrapping up this week's episode of What the Heck. A big thank you to him and, and all the guests and fighters who join us this week. Gilbert Burns, John Castaneda, Devontae Smith. Again, our condolences to Devante and his family. Please donate to that GoFundMe if you can. It's just it's just heartbreaking stuff. If you want to do something nice today to help somebody out, that would be a good way to do it. But uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Another UFC event on tap for this Saturday night in Abu Dhabi. This one will be headlined by a fight for the vacant UFC flyweight title, the rematch between Davis and Figueredo and Joseph Benavidez. We will have you covered with weigh-ins for that event tomorrow morning. We'll have a preview show, full coverage on Fight Night, so keep it locked on MMAfighting.com. Big thanks to Casey Lydon on the production side, Esther Lynn on the graphics, and of course, to all of you guys and gals who watch and listen to the show every single week. You guys have no idea how much that means to me and, and to all of us, but we're done. The ranting is over. I gotta save my voice, all right? Enjoy the fights on Saturday, and as always, have a heck of a week, everybody. Media Podcast Network. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.